Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Jody Millward, who is an accidental entrepreneur, and we're going to get to hear all about that. So, Jody, how you doing? Great. Thank you, Timothy. Thanks for having me here today. I'm looking forward to diving into all of these great questions that you have. Of course, of course. Thanks for coming on. And as you know, we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun. Mm, Okay. So like you said, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I just fell into this sort of entrepreneurial space when um, I had three little kids and I was working as a receptionist for Queensland Health. And I went, I need to do something that's going to be more family friendly. And, you know, I've got these three little kids are going to have school holidays. What am I going to do? So I looked for work from home opportunities. And I remember a friend saying, that's very entrepreneurial of you. And I was like, what is that word even? (laughs) So that was my journey into all of this. So um, just wanted to go to the beat of my own drum pretty much. So all of that and all these years later, I think that was about 2005 that I really sort of started on this trail. And here I am, however many years later, having survived and um, living to the beat of my own drum. And so what do I do for fun? Well, that's a great question. I love to go out for coffee. Um, So I'll just go out like I live here in Australia, Queensland, Sunshine Coast. So if you're familiar with the crocodile hunter, Bindi Irwin, (laughs) Australia Zoo, I'm just 50. 15 minutes from the zoo so it's um I, there's the beach right here so we just go to the beach and um, I just go and get coffee and catch up with a friend occasionally I also like just to have my own time so I just like to go down there and just look at the beach have coffee and I've got to say massages are also pretty amazing as well massages and float tanks right have you ever done a float tank I have not tell me what it is they are great so that's that we're um it's that sensory deprivation. So it can send a lot of us, a few of us into a spin because it's hard to shut our mind off, right? So you go into the float tank and it's that salt water. So it's just like, you know, your same body temperature. So you just lie there and float. You're in the darkness. So it's just that time to sort of really sort of unwind, block any thoughts, or you may actually find that that's when you get your most creative inspiration. So yeah, float tanks are a lot of fun. I like going to those. That sounds amazing. It is. I'm going to have to see if they, I doubt they have anything like that near Austin, but. I'm sure they will. They will be everywhere. You look it up. You go, oh my gosh, this is a whole new world. I didn't (laughs) even know this existed and you'll be hooked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, there we go. And so you started entrepreneurship, you said in 2005. Yeah, it would have been about that. Just launched out as a sole trader. had no idea what I was doing, but I just knew that I wanted to have something that was going to be flexible with the family that I could do from home and just got started. Gotcha. And so in 2005, did you start with what you're doing now or what was the journey there? Not at all. Uh, so where I started out, I just went and bought like a, um, I think it was a business opportunity magazine. And even then I didn't really consider business entrepreneur. How hard is it? What do you need to know? Um, so 
I just got that and I was just looking through for like what's some opportunities and I came across one that was actually unclaimed money recovery. So it was like a bit of a Robin Hood situation, right? So you've got your bank accounts, insurance policies that after a certain time frame, the government takes, right? And your institution just hands it over to them. And um, and often the owners have no idea and they go, oh, I thought my, my bank account was sitting there for me. I knew it was there, but it's gone to the government. So, yes, yeah, so I was letting people know that, hey, the government has your money and, you know, so there was a finder's fee. So with all of that, like sending all this documentation to people and tracking people down, I actually um, got a private investigator license. I was a private investigator. There was no spouse busting, no car park stakeouts, you know, Magnum PI, no, not that kind of thing. I'm, you know, people go, oh, wow. But yeah, skip tracing at computers. And <laughs> I got, that was so funny. The, uh, the juxtaposition of like the car, the like exciting spouse bust. Skip That's tracing. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but just picture it. I, I jump out of a sports car with a laptop underhand and run into the yeah. office just to sit at the computer, right? That was it. <laughs> Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I did for quite a number of years, got millions of dollars back off of the government and back to its rightful owners. And one of the most interesting ones there was, um, you know, there was someone who was, uh, I think he, he had a significant amount owing to him because the house got sold because he wasn't paying his rates. And um so I was looking for him and I found him sort of somewhere in the Middle East area, right? And the further investigation was he was also wanted by questioning by New Zealand police uh, for the murder of a backpacker whose body was found in a safe. So I was like, right, he's not turning up anytime soon. And then there was another one that was a Colombian drug lord's wife. And it was like, okay, I'm not touching that one. I don't want... <laughs> Yeah, I don't want move. anyone knocking on my door. So, yeah, so there were some interesting things that we saw in that time. So amongst all of that, government red tape, obviously they didn't like you taking millions of dollars off of them. And, um, and then also, you know, it was increasing the number of people and for obvious reasons, right, we all get those emails, you know, saying, hey, there's all this money that belongs to you. And that's essentially what I was doing as well, right? But it's legitimate. Um, so... I would get, I actually had to go into the police station for questioning um, and police would ring me up saying, oh, we've got this person at the counter and they got this letter from you. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, I've been investigated. Here's the number. So it was all getting, you know, a lot harder. So it was like, okay, it's time for something new. So um, that's when I was looking at online opportunities and started off um, white labeling a weight loss supplement. And it was in that journey, it was like, Wow. And I remember the first sale that came through here. I am in Australia and it came through from someone in America who I didn't know. And I was like, wow, this stuff works. And I could see the opportunity that is available to anybody, whether it is a business owner and a smaller business owner, you can look like Coca-Cola on Facebook, right? You can have the ads that are going out there and have absolute dominance and authority for your niche, as well as people like me who ended up on more of a service provider route, okay? So it was like I can run ads for people or I can um, uh, be a social media manager. So the opportunities that were there for businesses and people who want to support businesses um, was there. It was like zero barrier to entry, no friction. Sure, you've got to learn Facebook ads or whatever that new skill is. That's totally doable. 
So that's where I fell in love with it. And so from there, it was like, okay, what, what am I going to do? So I just sort of, again, fell into Facebook ads. And I think it was the private investigator nuances that, you know, you're leaving no stone unturned and you're tracking everything down and looking at all the data that's really helped me when it comes to running Facebook ads, because, you know, there's a lot of numbers and a lot of things to look at when running campaigns. So, uh, yeah, so I just, again, fell into Facebook ads. And so this is what I've been doing since about 2014, um, running ads for people, particularly coaches, consultants, experts in their field, information products, and also uh, service-based businesses as well. So, yeah, so it's been a bit of a journey to get here for sure. That is amazing. And I love it because... There were like bumps in the road. There were failures. They were like, okay, now it's time to pivot. And you like just kept on, yeah. you learned from it and you kept pushing forward. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we do. Were there ever like moments? I'm sure there were, but <laughs> where, you know, the kind of limiting beliefs or the negative mindset started to kick in and you were like, man, I really don't know if this is going to work or man, I feel alone in this. And how'd you push through those? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, a bit of a story sort of with that. So as I was running Facebook ads, I was here in Australia, I was working for a company in uh, Canada and they were new and they were selling an information product, $497. It was helping musicians to take their music career online because my client had done that, made six figures online as an online musician. So she was teaching other musicians that you don't have to go to the clubs and pubs and do the gigs there, that you can build an online following. So we were selling that program. I came on board and we did a million dollars in nine months. And then we did a launch. And launches are intense, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in ad spend. I was doing the, the funnels, the emails, the ads, all the things. And, you know, we had the time zone differences. And the launch was opening 9 a.m. their time, which was like 3 a.m. my time. So there was a lot of stuff going on and, you know, a lot of things going on when, you know, we were bringing in $100,000 a month, a lot of things to stay on top of. So I was burning out. And in fact, I did burn out. And it was like, I've just got to stop. And it came to a point where it was, you know, I did, I just walked away from it. And I was the breadwinner for the family at that stage. And it's like, but I just can't keep going with this. So that was a really hard time because one, burnt out and exhausted. And I was just like, I just want to sleep for a while. But then obviously you've got to keep paying the bills. And it's like, well, what am I going to do? Okay, I'll just hit the pavement and I'll just go to some local businesses and see if I can drum up a few clients that way. And at that stage, you know, I think people's in, um, established businesses like vets and orthodontists, things that are easy to run ads for, right, after doing what I was doing. They didn't appreciate the value of Facebook ads at that stage. It, they just seemed to think, oh, that's just where you'll see the funny cat videos, right? So I was very disillusioned with that and trying to cold call businesses as well. And it's like, oh, they just didn't appreciate it. Um, so that was really hard. I felt like I was banging my head against a wall. And it was getting to a point I was talking to a friend and it was like, do I just keep going with this? Like with the skills that I have, with the knowledge that I have and the opportunities um, that businesses have when they work with me, do I keep going with this or do I stop, stop this and just go get a factory job somewhere and get $20 an hour? I'd heard about these factory jobs going and I was like, I'll just go do that. Um, and this person said, well, maybe to keep the lights on, that's what you got to do. 
But when they said that, that's when I really felt um, myself sort of die on the inside because I knew I wouldn't be happy with that. I was just like, oh, my gosh, punch in, punch out. That would just be just, you know, not fulfilling at all. So it was at that point that was a very definitive point where it's like, no, nah, I've just got to get up and go do it. So I got back into like my online communities, online spaces and got clients on board again and was back up to $30,000 months um, pretty quickly after that. So that was like quite a low point from there. And it was like leading up to Christmas and everything. It was like kids aren't even going to get Christmas presents here, but made that pivot, knew that, okay, factory job wasn't going to go, work, go back to what I know. And I did and just all in and away we go again. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. You you went from, <laughs> I think this is so, so good. For you guys listening, I, I just want to point out something real quick. She went from, uh, I could just go get a factory job making $20 an hour to just jumping all in and then mm-hmm. going on to make 30000 a month soon after. Like, that's just a world of difference in income, which means you can change the lives of the people around you too. It's like use money as a tool to impact others, which is a beautiful thing. And so I just want to commend you for that all in this. It's a very (laughs) difficult thing to do as an entrepreneur. It can be scary. So kudos, kudos. Um, Well, now we're going to jump into your motivation. Tell us what gets you up and keeps you going every day. Yeah. Okay. I know it's that, it's that big why. And I guess for me, it's, uh, I guess, a sense of control, right, that I'm in the control of my own future. And nobody, I'd, you know, I don't get paid by anyone else. I don't have that regular paycheck coming in. Um, I am my own boss and my own employer. So it's like I've got to get up and I've got to get stuff done so that I can, um, one, live a life I want to live. Like, you know, I've just recently started flying business class over to America. And let me tell you, there's no going back, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like to turn left on the plane. So it's having, you know, just that. And there shouldn't be a stigma with that. I don't think, I don't feel there is, but I know a lot of people do. And yes, it may get to a point like even posting photos on social media about here I am in business class. Woohoo, look at me. But it's like, well, this is the lifestyle that I want to live and I've worked damn hard to be able to get this. And if you've got issues with it, maybe it's not me. Maybe you've got to look at yourself and see what those issues are. Is it resentment? Is it that green-eyed monster that's like, I wish I'd have all that, but you're not willing to put in the work to get there. So that's what I want. That's what I enjoy. I want to stay at nice places. I want to experience things, right? I don't want to because for so many years, we were limited, like when the kids were smaller and before all of this, like, you know, I was working part-time. My husband just had a lawn mowing business. We had the three small kids and all of that. We didn't have the financial resources to go off and have a holiday or to enjoy ourselves. So now it's like, you know, we can, and that's what I love to do, you know, like even just taking my kids, um, you know, I love to, I've got two girls and a boy and I just love particularly with the girls, the boy's a gamer. It's a bit harder to get him out of the room and (laughs) go and do stuff with him. But with the girls, I'll say, let's go have brunch, right? And we can just go and do that. And I just absolutely love having the freedom to be able to do that because, you know, I work hard and um, then I get financially rewarded for it. So, So it's those kind of things, experiences with the people that I love, which is so important for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, 
Fully agree. I think that's why I really got on the financial freedom train when I was mm-hmm. growing up. My family didn't have the most money in the world. And I saw that. I saw other people living in the world. I was like, that is not how it has to be. And so exactly. on that path now, to be able to do that with my kids. I think the biggest thing for me was um, like having a kid in school, they have some sort of celebration going on. And my boss saying, no, we need you at work. And I'm just like, nah, that, that will not happen. <laughs> like, I'll just leave, you know, and then I'll get fired. So um, <laughs> big, big fan of entrepreneurship and that kind of control over your life, that sense of freedom. Yeah. And you've got to protect that freedom as well. Like over the years, for sure, there's been times where I haven't been available or there for the kids because I need to get this done. I need to get this done. But guard your own boundaries and all of that. And that's something that I've certainly learned over, you know, the process of being a service provider is like, oh my gosh, I've got to keep the clients happy and a people pleaser as well. Right. I've got to keep them happy. I've got to do all this. I've got to do all this. And then those closest to you end up coming last and you end up coming last. So that's where, yeah, even though we can be the entrepreneur, we can get sucked into this time vortex. So guard our boundaries and, you know, go, okay, I can stop. I don't have to say yes to this. So yeah, that's just my little word on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Well, now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. Tell us about Mm -hmm. your vision for the rest of your life and your business. Mm, okay. Well, I keep telling my kids, which my kids are like 20, 22 and 25, um, that I'm going to, you know, want to go to Costa Rica and live in Costa Rica for a while. <laughs> and yeah. oh, You can't leave us. Um, so, you know, that's certainly something that whether it is Costa Rica or whatever it is, but just because I have created this lifestyle that is um, location independent, to be able to go off and enjoy it. Like I just um, was in America for like two months at the end of last year and I was able to work and you know, I was all over the place in America just with my laptop. So travel, getting to experience other places, still continuing to work, but ideally not working so much, right? So that when I'm actually at those places, we can enjoy them. So that's something that um, is definitely on my radar and what I'm wanting to achieve. Um, Build up more of a war chest like financially for whatever comes our way and then also be providing because, you know, I I think from what I talk to people in America, the housing market's gone through the roof, right? Same here in Australia. So it's like, what can I do now that's going to help get my kids set up and in their own house, right? So working towards that kind of thing as well. So just being able to have that um, continue to work towards a financial independence that whatever happens with the economy, that it's like we don't have to go into panic mode, that we can still just, you know, we're in control of things. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. And so are you primarily doing that through like, are you a real estate investor? Are you doing stocks? Are you just doing like the business thing where you start to outsource it and scale it? Yeah, businessing primarily, building things up, um, getting the team members on, getting, um, I was, Emith is what I've been listening to lately, 17 years like later. It's like I've heard of it all over the years. I'll get around to it. Finally did and go, yes, that's amazing. And I've seen so much of my journey through, you know, Sarah with the pies and everything. Um, So, yeah, so business at this stage, we do have some real estate. I definitely want to get into stuff like um, stocks. I got some crypto going on um, and that's where, you know, at the moment it's like, oh, my gosh, it's all going down. I was saying to my son, well, this is the time to buy, right? There we go, there we go. Right mindset. 
Right, right. Don't panic. And that's the thing. It's like if you've got it all here, like for a lot of people, it is like, oh, my gosh, our savings, our super fund and everything is plummeted now. Um, it's like having the reserve and just knowing that, yeah, this is a great time to buy and we just got to ride this out. Like with um, one of our investment properties, it's like when we initially bought it, it was going to be $800 a week rent, right? Because it was at this mining town and all the miners were in there. It was specifically designed for that. Um, just as we take it, get it, and it's all ready to go, mining town leaves and it's like $200 a week. And it's like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to ride that out you know, for a while. And now, you know, it's paying for itself again now. So it's like, okay, great. So being able to weather these storms that um, that otherwise would be out of your control is, is such a valuable thing, right? And it takes diligence, it takes discipline and determination to be able to get through all of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, com- I completely agree. I'm uh, looking at buying my first rental actually and it's just so (laughs) it's so exciting because I've been learning about real estate for a while but there is the nerves of like ooh, something could go wrong like what if we can't get the tenants in what if we can't cover the mortgage payment and we have to like come out of pocket for it every month and so all that stuff is swirling in my head and I think I understand it a little more now like I understand those thoughts of like it's fear it's kind of an upper limit problem you'll be okay. A lot of people have done real estate before and you know, you know better, but um, yeah, I just think, I think it's so exciting. It's just exciting. <laughs> but um, so we have two dreams and goals on the table right now, traveling and experiencing other places. And then we have building up a war chest financially. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about? Uh, well, I think it's oh, um, goals. Just continue to develop relationships with my kids right with you know because they're like they're still all at home it's like okay you guys you know you can move out sometime soon but just to you know keep them close you know that's such an important thing because like like I said I have worked hard a lot of years and I have missed quality time with them so now I'm at a place where it's like yep I've got the ability and the resources to be able to spend more quality time with them so yeah that And then also with that, so with what I do, I train other women up to be ad managers and help them to also make six figures a year running ads for clients. So really helping to impart the knowledge and the skills and abilities that I've had to others who are like, okay, I really would love to work from home. I'm tired of doing the daily commute. I'm, you know, tired and, you know, we don't get to go on family holidays. We don't get to do this, that or X, Y, Z. And so they're looking at their life going, I'm trapped in this little container. So to be able to equip them with either skills or um, just being, you know, backing them up and going, you've got this um, as they enter out in this world of like working remotely or running ads for clients. Yeah. So to help them, like um, when I was in America last year, I had a retreat for my ad managers. We were at um, Kissimmee. So there was a bit of Disney involved. And one of the ladies there just said, I made $150,000 this year. So it was my biggest year and it was all thanks to you. And it was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. So that kind of thing, you know, empowering others is, yeah, something that's certainly a driver for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, um, honestly, I think that's how we're all wired, just impacting others, empowering others. Like, I think 
our genius zone, which is like, I'm pretty sure that's from the big leap by Gay Hendricks. He talks about our zone of genius. I think uh -huh. that um, naturally comes in contact with impacting people. Like if you're not mm -hmm. impacting people, you're probably not very fulfilled in what you do. Um, yeah, yeah. Not saying that's a 100% rule, but I think for the most part, it applies for yeah. sure. Well, awesome. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this can be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd help mm -hmm. you take the next step toward your dreams and goals. So getting that financial war chest, traveling to Costa Rica and staying there for a couple of years, perhaps, who would this person be and how would they help you out? Oh, well, first of all, before we go to that person, I'd really love to meet Bono. That would be awesome. But And he could possibly help me with all those things as yeah. well, right? Um, because like with that, like just maybe take a little tangent, it's not always about this one person that you go, okay, this person. So my example, you know, Bono, I'd love to connect with him. But I'm sure he has a lot of people that if I said, oh, I want to do this or this or this, he'd go, I know that person or I know that I know someone who could help you here. So it's not always about this first person that's going to be this direct answer to what you're looking for, but they can be a connector to yep. the people who can help you in those things. Because like, you know, I've been involved with a number of mentorships and masterminds, and I found it's often not just one person that's going to give you the answers and the support that you need. If I need business advice, right, um, and particular like online marketing sort of stuff, it might be person over here. Whereas tapping into corporate businesses that are not so much online, it's going to be this person over here that I'm going to need to talk to. So there's a few different people that help you along your journey with um, these various aspects. Like very rarely would there be one person that would have it all together from my experience. Maybe there is and you might be, you know, you, the what proverbial you may find that person but often there's going to be a few people in your journey so um yeah so person to the next level so for me it would be like yes getting making sure that the businesses are dialed in all operational we got ops managers in and that's all going good so someone that would give that kind of business advice but then also um just have that advice for like okay so this is all great business side is going awesome um, how's life going? You know, are you content and fulfilled? And just challenging me in that way, I guess, because I can get so uh, focused on like task, right? Like right down a rabbit hole with this is what I'm working on in the business at the moment that, you know, I forget to go and get a float tank. So making sure there's that person who's going, hey, Jody, yep, this is great, but, you know, let's make sure you're taking care of yourself over here as well. So I'm actually still on the lookout. Like, like I said, I have a few people in there so not just one person yeah yeah absolutely and what's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you with your dreams so sally at the grocery store how can sally help you out <laughs> that's quite funny because my daughter is sally and she did used to work at a grocery store so. that is funny <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so how can uh, sally at the grocery store help me with my dreams hmm that's a great question. Well, honestly, like this may sound a bit weird, but if Sally at the grocery store, if I see her and she's ungrateful or unthankful or she's just that person that is just whinging and not nice to the cashier, it's like that actually helps me to realise to show more gratitude mm -hmm. and to not act like that. It's like how can I 
act better with that person that Sally was just not so nice with. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that really is a counterintuitive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, usually people will be like, if you could, Sally at the grocery store, be more grateful, it's kind of just raises the vibration of humanity. And that's good for me too. (laughs) But you with the opposite direction of like you being just you. Yeah. Maybe crappy at some points reminds me that I need to be grateful. So I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Awesome. And now we're going to jump into our thriving three. So the first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Okay. Okay. So I would have to say, well, movie, I would say like at the moment, Stranger Things is, you know, not a movie, but it's like, it's the number one thing that I'm watching. I just love mm-hmm. it. I can't wait. Season whatever, last one of season four is about to come out. So it's awesome. Um, so that's a book, um, a movie watching thing. But I would say like most impactful, like, you know, I really like to keep it to, you know, like I said, I'm just focused on growth kind of stuff. So E-Myth, I think, is right up there. Um, like I have read, you know, like Built to Sell was a great book as well because it was like, okay, don't be a jack of all trades, dial in on one thing, get your business so it's um, systematized and scalable so that you can, it's not all reliant on you. Um, that was really um, transformative. But, yeah, I think E-Myth is certainly the one that's right up there to go, wow, okay, so if you are wanting to not just have a job that you've created yourself by being a business owner. Um, if you want to really experience that business owner stuff, then e-myth is so important to be able to recognize that while you may have a skill that led you to create your own business and aka your own job, if you really want to enjoy the benefits of that, then you need to get out of that role of technician and you know start assigning things to other people. So yeah, that's that's number one, I think. Love it. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Well, like we mentioned, those um, massages and the uh, float tanks are pretty awesome. I actually just had someone uh, who does some work for me sent me a gift card for a place that does, you know, has the float tanks and the massages. So I'm booking it in for, you know, in a couple of weeks time so that I know, okay, busy season here for a little bit. And here's my my time off. So, yeah. There we go. There we go. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Bono? Now, (laughs) uh, connecting with people, right? You know, the six degrees of separation, we're all just six degrees away from Kevin Bacon. I'm sure I must be just six degrees away from Bono. In fact, I do know someone who's, you know, very well connected. And I was like, hmm, possibly. So, Yeah, so it's just keep on connecting with people and never, you know, never prejudge someone. Here's a little story. Again, like I was, again, just in New York just uh, a few weeks ago and um, my friend and I were two Australians and it was like, we got to go and have some New York bagels. So it was like, okay, we went around and there was a place just around the corner called, it was E-S-S-A. So I'm going, as a bagel. What is that? And then (laughs) 
my, my New Yorker, another New Yorker friend, she said, as a bagel. And I was like, oh, okay, right, right. So we were there. It was raining. It was like cold. Like this was in um, May, but it was like seven degrees or something. So it was cold. And um, we were outside. There was like huge line or under this umbrella. And there was a couple standing in front of us. And we just started chatting with them. They were over from San Francisco for their neighbor's second wedding. And they were going to see a Nicolas Cage movie. So we were just talking, talking to them finally we get inside the bagel shop and the guys behind us go get a coffee and we go oh that's an amazing idea we need that so um my friend went with our new friends and they got the coffees and we were having that and anyway we're still snaking our way around the line to get the bagels and there was only very few like you know half a dozen seats six tables in this place and we got one and we said to the guys in front of us our new friends oh come over and sit with us so um so he came over and sat down and she said, oh, so what do you guys do? We said, oh, we do Facebook marketing and advertising and blah, blah, blah. And talking to him. And so, and so what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm the CFO at, you know, Slack. And so I was like, you know, I said, How? Slack, like software company Slack. And yeah. Said, yeah. And I go, we love Slack. So I was trying not to fangirl over it. But it's like, you just never know who you're going to meet along the way. And like I said, even if, um, you know, it might just be someone who, you know, they, you know, I don't want to say don't do anything of significance, but it's kind of like it just, you know, might be just a random person. You never know who that random person knows. So yeah. it's like yeah. just don't be afraid to connect with anybody and see, you know, what opportunities arise. And you never know, you can have some great conversations along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I think a great example of that is, um, hey, meeting the CFO at Slack. <laughs> um, just, you're getting a bagel at as you're getting a bagel. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but we had, we had a girl on the podcast who has an aunt that speaks to Oprah every Thursday. Like, Hi. Yeah, she was just like, and you know, it was funny when I asked her the question about who's that one person, she'd be like, she was like, Oprah. And then she's like, you know, actually, my aunt speaks to Oprah. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> have you talked to your aunt about like, speaking to Oprah yeah. on Thursday? Um, yeah. It was just really interesting because it's like, she came on the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like, I had a whole conversation with her. And it's like, she knows somebody who speaks to Oprah every Thursday. It's wild. Exactly. Every Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, random stories like that. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it is. It really can be a small world. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, now we're going to jump into our last kind of series of questions. And it requires a bit of pretext. So I need you to stick with me. I recently switched it up. <laughs> so a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said, that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. They said that the catalyst that makes that happen is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree with that? Disagree? Anything to add? Anything to subtract? I, yeah, I would 100% agree with that because if you're in the comfort zone, what makes you want to change then, right? Things are comfortable, right? Uh, it's like being in the pot of water and if it's just at a comfortable temperature, awesome. If it starts to get turned up, well, then you can, you know, the frog gets cooked. Um, but so it's getting to that point. And I think like from my personal experience is it's getting um, put into a corner. 
where you've got to either come out punching or you're just going to, you know, die. So I think that probably, and that for me was, you know, where I had been backed into the corner a few times and I was like, right, like, for example, where it was like I was burnt out, am I going to go work at the factory, $20 an hour, or am I going to go back out and use this valuable skill that I learned? So I came out punching. So, yes, I think pain and getting backed into a corner, I think certainly is a great motivator for people to make that change finally. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so given the same amount of extreme inspiration or extreme desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and then others don't? I'd say mindset, Mm. you know, it's limiting beliefs, stories that they've been told as they've been growing up as they may want to change and do things, right? It'd be like, you know, they would think, oh, who are you to do this? Only people who are arrogant or self-righteous or whatever it may be would do that, right? And they would have these stories that, have limited them, limited their choices and make them think that they can't do it when they can. Mm, Yeah, I love that. I completely agree. All right. Some people need a small amount of inspiration or desperation to, to change, and then others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that breaking point, that threshold, and can it be influenced? Hmm. Again, I would kind of probably bring this back to those limiting beliefs and those stories, right? So if you really have strong uh, stories that are saying this can't be done, this can't be done, this can't be done, then you won't do it. However, if you just have like an idea of like, well, maybe I can, then that could cause the inspiration for you to make those changes. So again, I think it comes back to like how strong the negative stories are that negative voice in their head that's telling them, no, nah, you can't do it. Things won't change. You're not that kind of person. If they haven't had that drilled into them so much growing up, then I think there's probably that lower barrier of resistance so that when something does happen, then they'll be quicker to think, well, actually, maybe I can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And now we have our last question for this question. Um, I want you to get a, an avatar in your head and the yeah. avatar I want you to have in your head is somebody who has a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. Think of that person, kind of keep them in okay. as I, so okay. in atomic habits, James clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. He says the laws are to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy and make it satisfying with that context in mind. How can we, you and I, create an environment that makes it obvious for the avatar in your head that makes it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying for that person to make the choice that will change their life. Whoa. Okay. 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 (sighs) Well, I think it would take um, uh, throwing a whammy (laughs) is the word that I, words that come to mind. It's like a a catastrophic event, right? So like laying down the gauntlet, it's like, okay, if this doesn't happen, this is the extreme event that is going to happen from it. And it would just need to be something that is extreme. And so it is then that matter of like being faced with something that is like, this is the absolute worst case scenario for me that unfortunately I don't, you know, I don't see that they're being, here's this safe, cozy, sweet environment. It's like, 
this is how it is. And that would have to make them go, holy cow, I'm going to need you. So it's going to be very uncomfortable. It's going to be a very ugly, raw wound. Um, but through that, seeking support and help to go through that transition to change those mindsets that have got them to be that way in the first place, I think is that whole framework to be able to get them from being in this situation where it's like not not rigid, not not thinking about anything else to be able to go, wow. So it's going to be a journey for sure. I got you. I got you. So granted, this whole question is on the premise that we can't change people. So because we can't change people, you're saying expose that kind of rawness, kind Mm. of um, make that extreme inspiration or extreme desperation happen, create an environment where that's happening and then be there to support them as they decide to change through the beliefs and kind of actions. That's right. So it's like you know, be there to support them, whether it's also getting in additional, you know, seeing the proper counsellors or whatever it may be to help them through that situation, get the right mentors. And then also um, replicating that sort of, you know, improved behaviour. So, for example, if they're really bad with their negative self-talk or whatever, then you're being very aware of like turning things around and putting things in a positive way. So if it's an atmosphere of like doom and gloom and depression, it's really hard to um, uh, live with. But try and go, okay, how am I going to be very um, uh, intentional about making this an environment that is going to be uplifting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And how would you suggest that we create an environment that exposes the rawness of mm. somebody's wound in a safe way? Right. Cause some people yeah. it's like that may like lead them down to like extreme depression or suicidal mm. thoughts. And so how could we go about doing this and So for this, we've kind of gotten deeper into this question than I usually get. So I'm going to give you a bit more context. I asked this question because I have a huge goal of raising the standard of living across the world to middle-class America. And um, to do that, people are going to have to change and Mm -hmm. you're going to have to expose that rawness. So with that kind of goal in mind and that context, how do we expose rawness in a systematic way? but also an individual way that is like safe, but also exposes it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's then also, so it's like presenting it, all right? Talking about marketing, advertising, you're illuminating pain points. So you're going to say, okay. So, and putting it in words that they know and that they're familiar with. So it's like, you know, um, you're looking at, you know, you're going to the shops, It's you're getting the groceries. You would love to be able to get that um, roast and do a roast dinner. However, you have to buy the mince or you have to buy the sausages. And even then you have to buy the tin of baked beans to back it up. And what if you continue on this way? You see other people going out and doing X, Y, Z and you're stuck here um, and you don't see any situation, any way to get out and your kids will be like that as well. So it's really like, Here's the situation, illuminating it and, you know, twisting a knife, so to speak. But then it's like, but there is a better way. And, you know, you are able to X, Y, Z. I've been able to X, Y, Z. By learning X, Y, Z, 
you can break the cycle of whatever that may be, that, you know, poor mindset, limiting beliefs, um, being stuck at this glass ceiling with your finances and then your kids also, you know, being stuck at that as well. So illuminating the problem but then also saying there is a solution and there is a way because you don't just want to be, here's your problem, all the best, good luck with you. Um, But it's like there is a better way by doing X, Y, Z, you can. So giving that inspiration, providing a solution and showing them that there is a way, having a community, having the resources that is going to, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So showing them that this is, there is a solution. So, you know, it's a lot of work with chipping through with the mindset and those limiting beliefs. But when they're open to it, maybe when they're backed into the corner, then they may be able to go, okay, I do need to do something different. You're here for me. Show me the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been thinking about this and this is the last thing I'll say and then we'll hop off the podcast. Um, I really love that. Illuminating the pain points and putting it um, in the words that they know and that they're familiar with and then offering them the solution. I think business could honestly solve the world's problems if we got creative enough about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. But I was watching this movie and it had Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart in it. And I think they were like, I think Dwayne was like a CIA agent and Kevin. Right, Hart. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a funny movie. It's a good movie. Um, but there's this scene where they're in a helicopter and Dwayne Johnson acts like the helicopter just kind of breaks down and they're just falling like at full speed. They're about to die. And then he asks Kevin some questions. He's like, if you weren't about to die right now, like, what would you do? And he said, I would like marry my wife and have a kid or something like that. Or marry my wife, marry my wife, whatever he said, (laughs) Um, like have a kid with my wife or something like that. And I just think that clarity, I was trying to Mm -hmm. a little thought experiment. How could we um, (laughs) create those types of situations safely? for people yeah. without them knowing it, you know? That's what I was kind of running through my head. Honestly, I still run it through my head, but that's what I had to say. Um, but yeah, on that note, do you have anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Oh, look, um, it, look, this has been phenomenal. We've gone through a lot of areas and we've gone through a lot of like, you know, here's inspiration, here's why, and it's like, and how do we actually get that shift? One thing I will say, it's like, um, there was a saying, I don't know where it's coined from exactly, but how you do something is how you do everything. Mm. And like, for me, like I got a real revelation of that is like in the mornings, you know, I find it sometimes a bit hard. I, I love getting up early, um, but it, it can be a bit hard. And sometimes I just keep hitting the snooze button, right? I'll hit it a few times. Then I've got a revelation of like, where else is that showing up in my life? And it's like, okay, with this project or something that I was wanting to do, you know, repeatedly, I would often do it. And it'd be like, these things all get pushed. So it's like, I just keep hitting the snooze button on all these things, which I know would, um, you know, help me to be a better person, be a better business owner, be a better wife, better mother and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so that's probably just my one thing is like, have a look at like how you do something is how you do everything. Is it hitting the snooze button? And are you hitting the snooze button in other areas of your life that's stopping your growth? Mm, There we go. I love it. (laughs) Well, Jody, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Timothy. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Jody had to say, make sure to hit her up. If you happen to know any, is it women that want to become ad managers or that's right. Women that want to be yeah, typically, typically work with women. Yeah. There we go. If you 
know any women that want to become ad managers and it's six figures, right? Yeah, very doable. There we go. If that's the goal and you know somebody, go ahead and refer them to Jody. And where else can they check you out? Yeah, look, head to my website, jodymillwood.com. Information is all there. Links then to connect with me over on Facebook. So that's the way to go. There we go. And all of that will be in the show notes. As we always ask, go ahead and shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.